to the book of Romans, chapter number 5. The book of Romans, chapter number 5. We try to stress and place great emphasis upon the need of bringing your Bibles with you to the house of the Lord and following along with the reading of Scripture and with the message which is to follow. We need true Bible preaching today. What does the Scripture say? Everybody has their own opinion, and that doesn't amount to a whole lot, does it? But when you read the Bible, you read in truth. And we have a responsibility of conforming our thoughts to his thoughts and not trying to change the Bible up and bring it down to agree with our thoughts. So in the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. I want you to look carefully at that first verse because it speaks of our text today. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have those two words. (laughs) We have. It means we possess. We have. And I want to speak on the subject of the benefits of justification. Do not let big words and terms from the Bible confuse you because whatever terms the Bible uses, it explains what those terms mean. And Baptists today, I am afraid, are totally ignorant of much of the Word of God. Ignorant of the doctrine of justification. Ignorant of the doctrine of sanctification. Ignorant of the doctrine of regeneration. Ignorant of the doctrine of glorification. There's more in your Bible than Jesus wept. And he did weep. But my dear friends, there's more in your Bible than John 3.16. The Bible is a storehouse and God has given it to us to learn And the only way you're going to learn is to pay attention. Number one, stay awake. Now, if you don't stay awake, that's not your problem. It's my problem. And I assume responsibility for that. But not only stay awake, but stay alert. And pay attention to what the Bible has to say. And so when you do that, 
successfully, I think, and leave the church premises, you say, it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We have the benefits of justification. We have, not we one day will have. Now, I am thankful that there are some blessings that the Lord has for us. Folk, we're just going to have to wait for them. They're not here today. In other words, you having a glorified body, but you're just going to have to wait a little while on that until the Lord comes back. He'll take care of it. And some other things we have to wait for, but you don't have to wait for some things, and justification is one of them. We have, not will have, but we do have. There are some present benefits that we have in sanctification, but especially in glorification and justification. Now, the reason I've chosen justification, because I think it's a marvelous blessing of God's grace that God would justify sinners. One of the greatest theological questions in the Bible has to do with the subject of the forgiveness of sins. Now, about the only type of forgiveness that we are accustomed to is when we add a little appendage at the back of it and say, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. No, we're talking about justification now and the forgiveness of sins. Listen, how could God, who is absolutely holy, forgive man who is absolutely sinful without compromising his holiness and his justice. God cannot forgive the sinner without his justice being satisfied. God will not stoop down from his throne of justice and man cannot pay for his crimes. How then is the sinner to be forgiven? The answer is justification by faith. Now, we're not the only ones facing that question today. How can a man be justified with God? Mr. Bill had over in the book of Job also mentioned it. Just jot the reference down and listen to the reading of it. Job chapter 25. Then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, Dominion and fear are with him. He maketh peace in his high places. Is there any number of his armies? And upon whom doth not his light arise? How then can man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Even the moon it shineth not. Yea, the stars are not pure in his sight. How much less man that is a worm and the son of man which is a worm. Now, the answer is justification by faith. And that's what Romans chapter 5 is all about. 
the chapter seems to fall into three natural divisions. And since I understand that more preachers are more long-winded than people in the pew, okay, I understand that. I'm not going to preach all three sermons in one this morning, but I'm going to divide them up for the next three weeks. I want to be speaking on the subject of justification. Number one, the benefits of justification. What do we possess because of justification? Verses 1 through 5. Number two, next Sunday, the security of justification. Verses 6 through 11. And number three, the foundation of justification, which is verses 12 through 21. I'd like to bring, as I said, a series of three messages of this subject, justification, in chapter 5 of Romans. Let's get on with it. Justification by faith is the only way that God saves sinners. There is no other way. It is not the Baptist way. It is not the Methodist way. It is not the Presbyterian way. It is not the Catholic way. It is not the Nazarene way. It is the only way that God saves sinners. And it's clearly stated in so many different places. Listen, if you would, please, to the reading of Romans, Galatians 2.16. Just jot the reference down. Knowing, and I do like the way that verse begins, knowing, not maybe, not perchance, but knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith, the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. How much clearer can the scripture be in Romans chapter number 3. Over a page. Verse number 28. The Bible says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the, t- the deeds of the law. And in Romans chapter 5, our text, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is justification. And we want to approach it in three different areas. Number one, justification in its definition. How is it defined? What does it mean? Number two, justification in its disposition. How is it administered? How is it dispensed? It is by faith. And number three, justification in its demonstration. One of the greatest examples you have of justification by faith is what happened to a man by the name of Abraham. Justification in its definition. Folk, what are we talking about this morning? Justification. It is a legal and a judicial act whereby God as judge 
pronounces the sinner who is the criminal righteous. God as a judge makes a judicial decision to declare the sinner, the criminal, righteous. Justification. It is not so much being made righteous, but he is declared by God to be righteous. It means the case of the broken law against the sinner has been dismissed. It means the charges have been dropped against the sinner. It means the sinner can stand before God not guilty. Think of that. The magnitude of this definition of what justification is. God pronouncing a sinner righteous. He is not righteous because he might think himself to be or not enough righteous to think himself to be. He's righteous because God said he's righteous. A declaration. Justification in its disposition. How is it dispensed? Always by faith. By faith. Therefore being justified, how? By faith. How is justification dispensed? This does not mean that our faith causes God to justify us, but rather faith is the means by which God uses to justify us. It is the hand that receives the gift. It's not earning the gift. It's not working for the gift. But it is the hand that receives the gift and the gift comes from God. In its disposition, it comes by faith. Now, when you look at verse 1, he's speaking about justification by faith. But I believe in verse number 2, he's talking about justification by blood. Notice there's a slight difference in the scripture. Therefore, being justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But watch this. By whom faith comes through someone to us. It is God's gift to us. By whom and through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope in the glory of God. The blood of Jesus Christ is the cause of justification. Faith is only the means of justification. We are not saved by faith. We are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sin debt has been paid for. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we're justified by faith in Him. And then justification in its demonstration. In the fourth chapter of the book of Romans, notice, what shall we say then? That Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found. What is the question? The question is how and By what means did Abraham come to a conclusion about the flesh? 
about man, about the flesh. For if Abraham were justified by works, oh, he'd have a lot to glory about, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham believed and God justified him based on that faith in Christ. Even as David also described the blessedness and so forth and so on. Abraham was not pronounced righteous because of what he did. He was pronounced righteous for what he believed. And what you believe is very, very important. It's called doctrine. It's called teaching. Abraham lived in Babylon, raised in heathenism. And out of the blue, God spoke to Abraham and said, get up and get out of this country. And Abraham said, yes, sir. Must have clicked his heels and saluted. Yes, sir, Lord. Where are we going? Lord said, we'll talk about that later. Well, how can I go if I don't know? You just got to trust me. And Abraham, by faith, believed God and took his family out of Babylon and headed to a place he didn't even know where he was going to. But he believed God. He believed what God said. A little bit further in the history of Abraham, he continued to believe God about Isaac being born. Abraham tried his best to pull a little weight and help God out in this by letting maybe his servant become the promised seed. But God said, no, it'll be Isaac instead. And Sister Sarah got a belly laugh out of that. She just couldn't figure out a woman as old as she was having a baby. That's the most ridiculous thing. But Abraham believed God. He believed it. I imagine if he told anybody at all, all the neighbors ridiculed him, said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why don't you trim down your age, son? You're already a hundred years old. You can't have children like that, but God said so, and I believe God. And then when God told him to take his son Isaac, and he took Isaac to the top of Mount Moriah, and God told him to offer that son, and Abraham, my dear friend, would have offered him had not he been interrupted by a ram caught in a thicket. And he makes this statement in that passage over in Genesis, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. What did Abraham see in the offering of his son? He saw the offering of God's Messiah thousands of years later, on Mount Calvary, dying for the sins of his people, and he believed it. Justification in its demonstration. Now then, the text itself, we have by justifying grace, being justified by faith, we have. Preacher, what do we have? I want to mention a few things the scripture lists for us in the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, what do we have as a result of justification? Number one, we have peace. We have peace. 
Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Prior to salvation, the sinner has no peace with God. Has no peace with God. Even our Lord Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Prior to salvation, the sinner has no peace with God. In this blessed book of Romans chapter 3, verse number 17, makes this statement, and the way of peace they have not known. And in verse number 19, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty. Before God, when you and I were born into this world, we were born in a state of guilty, guilty before God. The Bible says in verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The sinner is at war with God. In our natural state, We don't like God. It starts off when we're babies and when we're small children. And we love mommy and we love daddy as long as they give us what we want. And when mommy and daddy don't give us what we want, I'm going to run away from home. Huh? We just don't like authority. And the father in the home is a figure of God Almighty. He is the authoritarian in the home. And the sinner is at war with God. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 7, the scripture makes that clear when it makes this statement. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 7 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it's not subject to the law of God, and neither indeed can it be. We take God's name in vain without even thinking twice about it. We blame God. We run from the Lord. We try to avoid God. We even hide from God. Have you ever wondered why it's difficult for unbelievers to come to church? Why they don't want to come to church? Because they're hiding from God. And they don't like to come to church and be confronted with truth. They'd rather live in their world of unbelief and fantasy. Adam did this very thing, did he not? In Genesis chapter 3, verse number 10, the Lord came in the cool of the day and said, Adam, where are you? And Adam answered, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Why is it that people like to hide from God? 
God is angry with the sinner. Mr. Franklin Graham needs to include this in his approach. He's making a worldwide tour to tell everybody that he meets that God loves you. God loves you. He said, boy, doesn't that feel good? It's wrong. Listen to what the scripture says. Oh, by the way, there is a scripture. In Psalm chapter 5, verse number 5, God hates all workers of iniquity. Didn't say God hates works of iniquity. It said God hates workers of iniquity. In Psalm chapter 7, verse number 11, God is angry with the wicked every day. Every day. So you've got this warfare. The sinner doesn't love God, and God hates the unrighteous in their present state. He hates that. And therefore, there's no peace. There's this turmoil, this turmoil that continues to go on. The sinner's troubled by his conscience. If he has a conscience, many times you can so sin against your conscience, it's seared with a hot iron. You don't feel bothered by it as much as you used to. I could give you several illustrations, but I think you know what I'm talking about. One man said, I've already killed four men. What's killing another one? Doesn't bother me. But the first one did. The first one did. God has placed within us a conscience based on knowing certain things that are right and certain things that are wrong. And when we do those things that are wrong, it bothers us. And it should bother us. But we can live that way so long that it no longer bothers us. And the sinner's troubled by his conscience. He doesn't feel good toward himself. He's broken the law of God and he knows it. The sinner's also troubled by a coming prosecution. He fears death because of the judgment that's going to follow. You see, the world would like it if man were just like the animals. Once they die, they're dead. Forget it, it's over with. No, it's just beginning when you die, my dear friend. If you die in the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God for it. But if you die without Christ, you haven't seen anything yet. There's a judgment coming. Dan, how do you know that? Well, it just happened to have the scripture for it. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. The judgment. But when a man's justified by faith in Jesus Christ, when the judge says the charges are dismissed, and he says the case is closed, what peace 
to be able to leave the courtroom not guilty. Not guilty. Forever free from the charges of sin. We have peace. I am told, I do not know how accurate it might be. It may be listed under just general opinion that more young people are taking their lives today than any other age group because they got themselves into a mess and they don't know how to get out. And they try through justification of means. They try through, well, you know, it just depends on how you look like. Or what I'm doing, it used to be wrong, but it's not near as bad as it used to be. I'm getting a little better every day. And all that kind of garbage. After death comes the judgment. We have peace. I shall never forget the night when God dealt with my heart. And made me understand and see what depravity in Dan Cozart looked like. And it was so awful and so dirty and so rotten. And he also made me understand and see what Christ did to save me from my sins. By dying for me on the cross of Calvary. And by faith I looked to him and trusted him as my savior. God saved my soul one of the first sensations I had was peace. Peace. I used to be afraid to die as a child. I I had difficulty sleeping at night. I just hope I don't die while I'm asleep. Because I knew if I did, I'd go straight to hell. I don't have to worry about that anymore. To be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord. Not guilty. Not guilty. What are the benefits of justification by faith? Peace. Peace. Sweet peace that only Christ can give. The drugstore has a lot of drugs, but they don't work on spiritual warfare. It doesn't work on that. Not only do we have peace, but we have access into grace. Look at verse number 2 of our text. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the glory of God. Access. Access into the grace of God. The doors open. My wife and I on two, maybe three different occasions, least two different occasions, I was born in North Carolina. She was born in Florida. And uh, when we got married at Mars Hill, that is, I met her, and as far as I was concerned, we were married then. <laughs> but a formal ceremony took place later. Well, what I'm saying is this, that my dear friends, we had access to the grace of God. Esther, for instance, Esther, faced possible death for entering into the king's presence without being called by him to do so. She was the wife of the king, but she couldn't go into his presence without his permission. Let me read that for you in Esther chapter 4, verse number 11. Esther chapter 4, 
verse number 11. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king, into the inner court, who is not called, there's one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But Esther said, I have not been called to come into the king for these 30 days. Mordecai said, you need to go see the king because Haman's going to kill all the Jews if you don't. And we're Jews. But she said, I can't do that until he gives me permission by holding out the scepter. But you know what? One day he saw her and he held out the scepter and she had access to see the king without the fear of death. I'm so glad that in grace, the Lord Jesus Christ holds out the scepter. You're permitted to come. I'll give you the strength to come. I'll give you the faith to come. I'll give you the repentance to come. And justification speaks of we have access of inner into his presence, into grace. Only the Old Testament priests could enter into the Holy of Holies. Everything had to be just right. One slip up meant instant death. In that Old Testament picture, the only person qualified to go into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement was the high priest. And only one time at that particular moment could go in and present the blood of an animal sacrifice and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. But if anybody else tried to do that, God would have killed them on the spot. Church, do you understand the privilege you have today being justified by faith? You have access into the grace wherein we stand. You have access into the very presence of the Lord. Justification by faith. Not guilty. Charges have been dropped. We have no access through Mary or the apostles. The Catholics have missed it a million miles. When they say, Mary, Mother of God, intercede for me. She couldn't even intercede for herself. Mary would have died and gone to hell had it not been for the grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish people could see that. So what are you talking about the church? No, I'm not. We have no access through the law. If I can just keep enough of the law, God is liable to be patient with me and, 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 and have mercy upon me. No, not according to Exodus chapter 19, verses 10 through 12. In Exodus 19, verses 10 and following, the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people. And sanctify them today, and tomorrow let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai, 
And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you go not up into the mount. Don't even touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall surely be put to death. And yet a person who's been justified by faith has access to enter into the presence of God. Do you understand that's a privilege? It's a great, wonderful privilege. But we could not access it through keeping the law. Our access is through the torn veil. In Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 22, the Bible says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. I was greatly impressed with that statement through the veil. He hath consecrated for us through the veil. The Old Testament priest never went through the veil. He went around the veil. But you and I go through the veil because the veil is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was crucified on our behalf at Calvary. And the veil is open for sinners. For sinners. And for those who've been justified by faith, we have access into his presence through that torn veil. We come boldly, according to Hebrews chapter number 4. Definite passage of scripture on that very thing. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched. (laughs) Now, that's why I have never gone to confession before a Catholic priest. You know why? Because he can't be touched. He doesn't know anything in the world about Dan Cozart. He doesn't know what I feel. He doesn't know what I do. He does not know anything about me. But I tell you, I know somebody who does. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but we have a high priest who was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We come boldly. And moreover, Revelation 1, 5 through 6 tells us he has made us kings and priests. Did you know that you're a priest? You may never wear your collar turned backwards, but you're a priest 
if you've been justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the benefit of our justification by faith? It is peace and it has an access also into grace. Thirdly, is we have joy. Look at verses 2, the second part of it and the first part of verse number 3. The Bible says, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. And on and on it goes. But he's talking about joy being a fruit, a benefit of justification. When we've been justified by faith, we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Over the sting of death. Yes, sir. And death does have a sting. But Christ bore that sting in him, his own body, as he hung on the cross of Calvary. He removed the sting of death for believers. Joy of future glory over the sting of death, over the victory of the grave. And graves do seem to exercise a great deal of victory. Whether you like it or not, the grave says, back off. This person belongs to me. And there's a great deal of hurt and a great deal of misunderstanding and a great deal of sorrow that's generated when someone whom we love dearly is no longer here. But he gives us victory over the grave. The joy of future glory over the possession of a new home. And we do rejoice in that. If we ever had the privilege or the lack of privilege of living in a real nice home that had everything in it, I know one thing, my mother, she had a washing machine, and I think she's the only lady on the block that had a washing machine. But that's about all that we could afford. So we had a clothesline out in the back of the house, and you hang your clothes on the clothesline. And if you hang enough sheets on the clothesline, it's going to break. And when it breaks, all your pretty white sheets go down in the dirt. And you take them back in the house and wash them again, hang them on the same clothesline. One day somebody came along and said, how would you like to have a clothes dryer and a clothes washer? I never heard of such. What am I talking about? I have not seen and ear hath not heard the things which God hath provided and prepared for them that love him. We have joy. (laughs) Politics will strip you of your joy. If you're not careful, I've never seen things in such disarray today in all of my life. But I tell you, we've got to lift up our eyes off the things of this world onto the things that God has for them who love him. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Joy of future glory 
over the sting of death, over the victory of the grave, over possession of a new home, over the presence of our dear Savior. One day we shall see Him and be made like Him in all of His glory. The joy of present tribulations is not that verse a little stimulating when you read it. We glory in tribulations. I meet somebody. I say, how y'all been doing? Oh, we're just doing terrible. I mean, no. They say, we're just doing great. Well, I'm so glad everything's going right. No, everything's going wrong, but everything's just fine. Everything we had burned up last night in the house, praise God for it. Amen. Huh. Tribulations is a little Greek word, thalipsis. Thalipsis. And it means pressure against. To press against or cause pressure like the olive vats and the grape vats especially during the the, 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 the the days of scripture when those men and those ladies would even step on the grapes and get in the vat and, and walk on the grapes to get the grapes to emit the juice that turned into the wine but it came as a result of the pressures Precious, precious, precious. I'm glad for Romans 8.28, aren't you? We know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. We have joy. The only thing I know of that can rob you of your joy, and my joy, is sin. A believer cannot sin and be satisfied. He cannot He cannot, or can he sin? Absolutely, and we do. But we can't be satisfied with it because there's something in us greater than sin. And it's knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Another benefit is we have love. Verse 5a, And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. like the little daisy flower. You pick it up and you just wonder if your girlfriend or your boyfriend, whichever the case might be, if they love you, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. And I tried that a lot of times. The last petal was, she loves me not. Never did care for that. Did you know what? There never has been a time when God doesn't love his people. Before you were ever born, my dear friend, God fixed your, he fixed his love on you and called you and elected you to be saved by the grace of God. And that didn't happen to everybody. It only happened to some. And you were one of them. And we've asked the question many times, why me, Lord? Why me? Matters not what happens in life, what one has to face, or how difficult it may become. The God of glory loves me. The God of glory loves me. And brother, you're right. Because I'm one of his sheep. 
God, God loves his sheep. God loves his sheep. We have the Holy Spirit. That's a benefit of being justified by faith. He comes into the life of every believer to take up a permanent residence. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. You'll never be lonely again. He'll always be there for you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be there to pick you up when you fall. And you will. And I will. He will be there to strengthen you when you're weak. When you don't feel like you can shoulder it up any longer. He'll be there to comfort you when you hurt. He will be there to assure you when you doubt. He'll be there to help you when you need. And he'll be there to save you from yourself. Think of that. Talking about salvation. Saving me from myself. I am my worst enemy and you are too. These are but a few of the benefits of justification. They become yours when we exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For by faith are we justified. Justified by faith in the Lord. Let's stand please for prayer.